When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Native Community Capital is your trusted partner for home loans or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272. Let's work together to rebuild tribal economies. Terraform Development is a Navajo and Hopi-owned engineering, architectural, and project management firm located in northern Arizona. The company has full-time staff and comprises of Navajo and Hopi employees. Terraform services include civil engineering, Engineering, residential design, drone mapping, and project management on projects for your need. Terraform is a Priority One Navajo Certified Business and Hopi Business License Certified. Contact Terraform Development at T-E-R-R-A, the number 4-O-R-M.com, and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development. are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me, also known as Carlton, also known as Larry Jr., Carl. Larry Jr.? Who's Larry Jr.? You know, there was a basketball player, Larry Bird, right? If, if you recall from previous episodes that uh, you have an older sibling named Larry. And so <laughs> I, I just thought, you know, since you kind of sound like Larry. Larry Bird. A lot of the community members, you, you probably don't know either that or you plug your ears so you don't hear them call you Larry Jr. So No, it's uh, Larry Bird was one of my favorite basketball players of all time. <laughs> because. Go Celtics. Because your classy is as white as <laughs> the great Larry Bird skin. Probably, probably, <laughs> probably, you know, um, what a great week it has been. I mean, it's very, very tiring for yeah. some reason, like our jobs are, you know, kind of take a lot out of us. And we, when we do the podcast, we kind of have this like demoralized kind of attitude, but then <laughs> when we get back to it, then it, it, it just jumps right back up just because a couple of tribal workers yeah. getting thrown through the meat grinder. It's and so crazy. when we get yeah. to this portion of our lives, so and- kids, Kids, if you're listening to this, we're not the most uh, positive guys sometimes. <laughs> Kids, if you're listening to this, don't work for the tribe, okay? <laughs> Go work for something else. Oh, and you know, today's a special day. This is also a very special episode because it is Carl Appreciation Day. Today we are celebrating my co-host, uh, Carl, because if you couldn't tell from our last ep- episode, I was a little agitated with him and kind of, you know, probably made his life a little bit more stressed out than it needed to be. So I'm here to express my appreciation to my co-host and declaring it Carl appreciation day (laughs) well thank you thank you so much you know uh one thing that goes along with like mental health and without physical health is that nobody appreciates anybody anymore no no. it's crazy because especially out here a lot of hopis we just don't 
appreciate each other. We just don't take the time to just say thank you once in a while. Mm-hmm. And when somebody says thank you, then we kind of have this notion of like, what do you want afterwards? Like, uh, <laughs> like what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you get in that? Or like, you know, thank you, but the answer is no. Yeah, like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that for you. <laughs> and so it's like for me, for me in a way, it's like because I never get thanked. Nobody really thanks me in a way. Of course, there are some people that kind of do thank me, but it's like my my soul, my qua, like my closest relatives and stuff. But like just random people, like just coming up to you and say like, you know, thank you. And then you're like, uh, I don't know how to take it. You know, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to respond to that. that. That guy is a fucking weirdo. He's always going around thanking everybody. <laughs> I don't know, know what he's trying to get at. So, I mean, it does feel good for somebody to say thank you in a way, like for all that you do. Uh-huh. But then you kind of, but we're natives. We're natives. So we just don't understand how to take like, uh, like a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just, just, uh, for, for, for the listeners, you know, in our last episode that Carl and I did, you know, have some heated conversations that Carl chose to edit out. And so maybe those will see the light of day someday if we do some sort of extra, uh, extra footage or extra audio for the people out there. Actually, um, I want to save some of those audio clippings like that mm-hmm. for our paid subscribers. Mm-hmm. So if you are on Anchor and you are paying for our subscription and you want to hear the raw audio between us, you know, we'll uh, we'll set up something for you so you can hear uh, the non-edited version. I mean, it's just raw and we raw raw footage. And so you're going to yeah. question whether Carl and I even like each other. Yeah, and pretty so. much. And like, you know, we, we do have recordings that, uh, we record before we record. So, and so if you jumped off of that list, might be a good time to jump back on that list. But, you know, speaking of gratitude, speaking of thank yous, sharing appreciations, I would like to share uh, an appreciation to our 30 pack circle of givers. And so I'd like to give individual shout, shout outs to Alexis Kehi, to Terry Hanani, Troy Lomovaya, and we got a new monthly uh, donor. And so big thank you, big kwakwa to Marie Nachi, Deidre Leslie, Shane, Kobe Dempsey, Aaron McEmris, Shane, Dalayam Tiwa, Donovan Goldtooth, Dion Sania, and Miller Kawanyama, and Gary Lamayeswa. All right. Well, thank you, everybody out there who has donated to us and keeps donating to us because without your patronage and without your pocket change, you know, we're, uh, we're doing this for you guys. And uh, I, I really thank you guys. Well, the reason why I brought up the whole Carl appreciation episode was because, uh, you know, you, you were pretty upset with me and you were kind of not responding to my messages there for a while. And I started to think, oh, my God, are we really going to separate? Is this going to be a return back to uh, I don't remember what you called your solo podcast, but a revitalization of the five star <laughs> five diamond podcast. And I started thinking in my head, like my podcast is going to be very educational. And so that means I'll probably have half half of the <laughs> listeners that we have now. And, you know, I'm not going to have some funny sidekick there. So I I better I better uh, share with the world of how much I appreciate Carl (laughs) that although, you know, that there are times where, you know, I do want to uh, punch him into space. But, you know, he you do provide something to our podcast that a lot of other podcasts don't have. And I think that it helps to cut into a lot of my dense conversation when I want to get too intellectual. So thank you, Carl. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, I, I really appreciate you doing that for me. 
Oh, no problem. So along with that, um, we are doing the uh, CJ podcast cares act. And with that, you know, we did a say on the last episode that we do want to appreciate a lot of this stuff. And so one of the things that we are involved with is Koho for Hopi. Koho for Hopi. And so like Koho for Hopi is run by Matt Hunani and he brings out Koho from the uh, forestry service or he's in ties with them. And he from brings the woods. Out. Yeah, he's from the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys are very, very generous for getting wood, if you're Hopi on the Hopi reservation and got wood from the Koho for Hopi program, you know, go ahead and thank him or go ahead and donate to him. Go to GoFundMe and go into the search bar and search Koho for Hopi. That's K-O-H-O, the number four H-O-P-I. And then, uh, you know, even just a little bit will help them go a long way because I think for anybody that's ever gone komokto or anybody that's ever gone together would know that it costs money because yeah. you have to have gas for the vehicle that you're taking, which is usually a truck, which is going to cost upward of $100 round trip just to do that. Then, of course, the chainsaws and then all of the effort in going to do that. And so for this program to be able to bring out the wood out here on the reservation makes it a whole lot easier for a lot of our uh, elders. So, yeah, exactly. Cause I, you know, um, I calculated like how much it does go to get wood versus just buying it Mm -hmm. pretty much the The same same price. Yeah. Yeah. And two, and you know, I do support a lot of local families that do sell wood just so they can get some funds. And so I do go buying wood from them and it's just from local sources. So, mm-hmm. and then the nice thing about the Koho for Hopi, it's free. It's a free service for. Oh people. yeah, it is. It is a free service. So go ahead and follow them on Facebook. Go ahead and uh, give away, give your pocket change to them because a little goes a long way. And we all know you got money out there because the tribe just cut those checks. So. <laughs> use your, uh, use your, what, what is that? That, that sub was, they call the hardship check. The ARP funds or the, something the, like the that. Hardship yeah, check. Hardship yeah. checks. What, what do we call our checks? Like the go here and have fun kind of checks or what? <laughs> the, the casino money. The casino money is like, uh, we used to, we, you know, we don't have a casino, but here's some money. This 1500s earmark for the casino. <laughs> so that's where we're going. <laughs> but instead of making that casino trip, Consider donating some to Koho for Hopi. Yeah, exactly. And, and go ahead and follow them. And and so in, in 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 the theme of today being Carl Appreciation Day, I'd like to do my best Carl impression if that's okay with you. Okay, I'd go like ahead. to uh, introduce the topic. And so for today's topic is something that's not talked about a whole lot on the Hopi Reservation. We're going to be talking about clans. There's a lot of speculation about different clans. How many clans are there on the Ropi Reservation? Well, to be clear, and for those that might not know a whole lot about our culture, we're not talking about like the Wu-Tang Clan or... (laughs) We're not talking about the Ku Klux Klan, thank God, or uh, your personal favorite, the the Foot Clan. The Foot Clan. <laughs> That's my clan. That's my Wuya. <laughs> the Foot. The Foot Clan. The, shred- the Shredder is here, Wuya. And so, you know, actually, I, I guess, you know, to give some context that I think since we started the, the podcast that we have gotten several requests to talk about clans and possibly from folks that are wanting to learn more about Hopi clans oh, yeah. or learning about what roles clans play in our communities today. And when I first saw some of those requests, I would think, you know, I was like, clans, I don't think we'd be able to talk about clans for like a whole episode's worth or a whole hour. And then I sat down and I really got to think about it and all these different ideas of how we could talk about clans kind of started rushing into my head because 
as a Hopi kid growing up on the reservation, that's like one of the very first things you learn about as far as Hopi life it goes. Is your clan is this concept of clans? Yeah, because Hopi, we all belong to a clan. All of our clans have a name. Historically, all of our clans have a history. As a beginning, as the yeah. beginning, we all have a purpose. At least, you know, how, how communities were, Hopi communities were situated in the olden days. And then uh, we also all have uh, this uh, concept of a wuya, which is something we've talked about, which is kind of, uh, I, I guess, the best comparisons is like a spiritual mascot into which we all kind of put our prayers towards. And I remember growing up as a kid that, especially going to a Hopi school early on, is that, you know, we knew that each other, we all had different clans. Or we understood that we were related to people that had the same clan as ours, even if we weren't blood related. Yeah. And that there were also relations to your father's clan and that they also had a special role to play. And, you know, at some point in the podcast, we did share what our clans were. Yeah. That J-Man, I am a, a member, I guess, of the Yam, uh, And so I have my membership card. In my pocket, and so I, I'm a member of, uh, I, I guess, the Corn Clan. Yeah, part Although of the Corn Clan. Not yeah. really Corn Clan, but uh, like the people on social media like to say, "If you know, you know." Yeah, like the Water Clan, Corn Clan. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, all those different clans. And you know, um, Yaf Boys, um, they're probably going to listen to this too. Is that Hirsch was asking like what my clan was? Uh-huh. And I think in one of the episodes, they asked this one girl, um, the little science teacher. I don't know. She's on uh-huh. Instagram. Uh-huh. And like she's um, like her father is a snake clan. Oh, really? And then so they got like, oh, my God, you know, no, nobody wants to go with the snake clan girl. You know, nobody wants to do that. And so um, my clan is coyote clan. So a lot of the Navajos out there will probably be throwing rocks at me or something like that. and <laughs> <laughs> Trying to shoo you trying away. Trying to shoo me away. Because you represent bad luck. Yeah. Represent the. What what do they call that? The 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 Yanagosh or whatever. Yeah, Yanagoshis. Is, is that what that represents? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. The Yannis. The Yannis. But I guess, you know, you did ask that question, like, uh, how many clans are there in Hopi? And, you know, that's something that I really don't know, because in, in today's society that we do understand that there are some clans that have gone extinct, that there are clans that we knew about that were a part of the Hopi villages, but no longer exist. And then also something that I've realized is that depending on which village you're from, yeah, that some villages have an abundance of certain clans and might lack membership of a particular type of clan because way out in Munkapi, that I would say that Beikesnyam and Isnyam, our two clans, are probably the two largest clans out at Munkapi. And then other clans that are out there are you have uh, the Sun clan, you have the Masao clan, you have the Pakatnyam. Uh, they call themselves bamboo today, but I think that maybe it really means reed because I always think, well, bamboo is what grows out in China. Yeah. And so you have them, and then you have Pitnyam, which is tobacco clan. You have some people that are Kachina clan, although not a whole lot. But then there are some important clans that aren't present. Like we don't have any bear clan at all. Yeah. So ever in Mun Club. Yeah. Or there are some other types of clans out here. That I've learned about in the bigger part of the reservation, I suppose, that we don't have in Munkapi. And then so we talked about our father's clan. My father's clan is Zutwungwa, uh, which is snake clan. Yeah. And then so therefore all of the snake clan women, men, are also my relatives. And so I guess that little science teacher that you mentioned from the Yaf boys would also be 
a, a, a sweetheart of mine, I guess, yeah. in a way. And so growing up as a boy, those are kind of the, the two principal clans that you kind of grow up learning about is your mother's clan and your father's clan. And then based on those two clans, that's kind of how you navigate throughout Hopi society. Because I did mention in a previous episode, especially for us Munkup Hopis, is that, you know, we're so close to the Navajos that in Navajo culture, they have four clans. Yeah. And four clans to navigate. But with Hopi, it's just the mother and the father's clan. Mainly the mother's that, clan. That is yeah. kind of shown of an importance. And I, I guess, you know, one of the, the big things, too, about clanships that you learn very early on. And you've mentioned this before about the role that our uncles play, at least as far as males go. Being young males growing up in Hopi society, the importance of having matro, matrilineal uncles. Yeah. Because... What I've heard before is that your uncles on your mother's side are supposed to be closer to you than your own father because those uncles teach you about your clan because oh, yeah. they are the same clan as you and they, sh they share information about your clan because I guess, you know, outside of just having this label of being corn clan or being coyote clan that in the olden days that really meant something oh yeah that it really shaped your identity it really shaped what your role was supposed to be in hopi society you know um all my all my tahas out there are uh are either uh they don't they don't know anything and i have to teach them stuff or they're all drunks so pretty much uh all my all my uh coyote tahas out there so you know who you are. <laughs> but like what J-Man was saying is that, yeah, we are a matrilineal society. So being just having one clan is like your only clan uh, to kind of solidify your way into Hopi. And you have your father's clan, which is part of your like your auntie side. And, you know, you get your kyaas, which is, um, you know, your sweethearts and stuff. So like with J-Man, his kyaas are snake clan and my kyaas are the same thing. So we're pretty much like like brothers, I guess you could say, in a way, even though we don't have the same clanship, but our fathers are the same uh, clan, mm -hmm. so we kind of, mm -hmm. we kind of have that same father, yeah, strange relation kind of is, which I guess isn't all that uncommon out here on the reservation. Yeah, it's so weird because like like what Soul says, you know, we're all related in some way, mm -hmm. one or another, and it's true, it's true, it's it's so true. Like you know, you have one clan that is totally different, but then has like their qua has the same clan as your your uh, your dad's clan or your mother's clan, and. You know, down the line, then you pick that up and you're like, oh, my God, you know, mm -hmm. it's weird. It's so weird. Mm -hmm. And then I guess outside of the clans that I just mentioned, you know, a lot of the various other clans that do exist out here. You have, uh, like I mentioned before, the bear, bear clan. Yeah. You have this clan called the Bear Strap clan. And I believe that there's a Bluebird clan. Yeah, Josh and, Yum, yeah. And then also, too, one of the things that I didn't know is that, and I guess, you know, talking about clans, it's such an intricate thing to talk about. It's such, uh, like, there's so much, there's so much layers that are involved as far as clans go, because before we started recording, you and I had this deep conversation about clans, trying to get ready for the episode, and that, you know, even though you might belong to our, a particular clan, Beekes, Wungwa Corn Clan, for example, that each clan also has other clans like that they're sub related to. Yeah, sub clans. And so as far as I know that we're also related to Butkingham, which is a water clan. 
And I think that there's also, too, a, a, a clout clan that exists out there as well, which is another clan that we're associated with. And so if I were to come across other folks that are of the water clan or of the uh, clout clan, fog, fog we clan, would yeah. share that same relationship, brother, sister, mother, grandmother, uh, uncle, grandfather yeah. relationship with those same clans and and so you know as far as you know, like the snake clan goes to you know you have the snake clan and in relation to that you have the sand clan and then you also have the lizard clan yeah and then so i would share relationships so on and so forth with yeah. the sand and lizard clan but i didn't know either that there's a clan out in sapalavi the pumpkin clan that also has an affiliation with the snake clan from what I understand. And so they're also my relatives. And so big shout out to my uh, pumpkin guests and fathers out there. I, I, I'm not too sure if they're outside of just Sapalavi, but I know that a lot of them are from <laughs> Sapalavi. And so, you know, you learn things as you get older because then, you know, we're, we're both kind of young guys. And so the information that we know or understand that there's probably so much more. Oh, yeah. About yeah. This topic of clans, how they came to be, their purpose and their roles, because then, you know, like uh, as, as a kid, right, what are some of the lessons that you've learned about as far as clans go growing up from when you were a wee little boy? So, so like, you know, when Power Ranger PJ. <laughs> so when I was like, you know, a mush head kid, you know, just growing up, uh, we had what is called this clan race. And like in different in our, in our schools, you know, we had this clan race and where we we represent our clans and then we want to honor somebody else's clan or like your your like your paternal clan or your maternal clan or somebody else in that lineage there. And you, you want to race for them in that way or just race for your clan. And, you know, the clan race you know, just kind of uh, teaches you who who is who pretty much and who are you related to. And, you know, in all of the schools around here, especially on the Hopi Reservation, um, they did part, they do participate in that. But since lately now, you know, there's no, there has never been a participation for about two, three years now because of what we're going through. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, the clanships that I've learned throughout, like the clan runs and stuff like that, I learned like who my other souls were. I learned uh, who my other fathers were. Like, you know, all of these different things that as a young, a young child, you know, you want to experience all of that because you want to know who your extended family is. Mm -hmm. it, it's funny because, you know, I always think about like, because my village outside of just the school, my village has a clan run. Yeah. Or we, we used to have clan runs before this two-year stretch that we're in. But I remember participating in this clan run that my village would have as, as early as I can remember. And I remember thinking uh, that when I was younger, I used to think like... I'm kind of part of a lame clan <laughs> because like, as you mentioned before that we all got dressed up to yeah. represent our clan. There was a yeah. certain way that you would dress up to represent your clan. And I remember thinking like, oh man, cause the, the coyote boys, they get to wear the, the coyote tail on top of their head. Yeah. Yeah. They paint their face yellow. They paint their nose black to look like a, a coyote nose. They look pretty cool. Or the badger clan kids, they would have the, the silakwa that stuck straight up to represent the the ears and they'd have a white stripe painted all the way down to their face <laughs> and I said oh that that's pretty cool too and then the snake clan people a lot of the boys would wear the tuvikana they'd have the the snake kilt their yeah. face, face yeah. is either painted black or uh black or uh 
red with the sita on there and then so you had these cool animal clans badger coyote and then you'd have the uh snake clan but us corn boys we just have this <laughs> hat that's in the shape of a cloud on top of our heads it's like we're not threatening at all <laughs> we're, we're the ones that are going to be eaten by the rest of these clans <laughs> you wear a tassel that just hangs down <laughs> <laughs> and and so you know that was kind of the that, that's the kind of the way that i looked at it as a young boy because then you know like when you think about like uh, i guess like sports teams right like you yeah, think about some yeah. of these sports teams that have these really cool mascots like the uh i don't know i always think that nhl hockey always has kind of like the more menacing menacing mascots the devil rays or uh whatever else it is that they have for like football the bears or the the sharks or whatever and then i always kind of thought of clans in that similar manner that our clans were kind of almost our mascots or our, our logos <laughs> and then so some people got to dress up really cool during the clan run but then us corn boys we would have uh not so menacing <laughs> type of wear but then it wasn't until I got older and I really learned about my clan and, and I really learned about the purpose yeah. of our clan and I really learned a little bit more about the history of our clan and what our involvement was in some of the bigger villages out here is when I really got to appreciate what our clan represented because then like you know like we said before that there's so much more to a clan aside from just what the name is you know uh, a lot of the clanship out here um, now that we put them on our cars now, you know, we have like these little symbols of like our different clans and we paste them on our cars mm-hmm. or we paste them on like our, our Facebook identity. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so strange because now you know who like, uh, who is the coyote clan or who is the corn clan or who is, uh, you know, badger clan. And we know, we now know because through social media has made it so. And mm-hmm. if you drive around here, uh, on the Hopi reservation, there is, there's, cars and trucks have logos of their clan. cars and trucks have clans yeah too. yeah <laughs> but i i guess to to go back to to the clan run because then you know i i think that you know our racists out here on hopi are so unique in comparison to the rest of the world of what we think a, a long distance race might be because especially in particular to the clan run i think what makes that different is that it's not just a race to where people try to see who's the fastest. Yeah. That I guess the X factor in these clan runs is something, I believe that it's called a, a gongya, which is the little stone. It's it's a it's a cube, but it's a stone. Or sometimes I've seen some that are made out of wood. And basically what the objective is, is to kick this stone during the full duration of the race. And so with the clan runs that we used to have in our village, that they weren't individual races at all, but rather they were team races. And that you ran with your brothers and your uncles representing your clan, trying to get this stone across the finish line ahead of the rest of the teams. And so that was something that I always thought that kind of made that a little bit different because not only on top of having to be a good distance runner, that also, in a way, you almost had to be a good soccer player, too, because then <laughs> your footwork also had to be able to get this stone across. And I, I think that as, fa- as far as the clan race goes, and one thing that I really remember being a kid is that there was pride in that, because then a lot of the clans would tout that we're the fastest clan because we always win this race every year. And I remember growing up as a kid that it was the Badger clan, at least on the male side that were the dominant clan most of the year. 
But during my Hongvi Aima days, that I was actually able to help my clan win the race one year. And that's something that a memory that I look really fond of, upon because then it's not just a race to where it's like, oh, this race happened, cool. But when the race would actually happen, people would really ask, oh, who won? Who won? Which clan won? And, you know, it was something of interest to see which clan won. And I remember the one year that my clan won. It was a pretty big deal for me because then it's not something that we got to celebrate. Uh, sort of like single year. bragging rights to the whole bragging thing. Rights. Yeah, bragging you, you rights. Get, you get that bragging rights. And as much crap as I give my sisters <laughs> on the women's side because we would have two races. There'd be a male race on one day of the weekend and then on the second day of the weekend, the ladies would run. And my sisters were always victorious when they won, and so it was our our clan that were the winners on the female side most of the time. You know, coyote coyote clan girls, they're uh, they're all fat, so they they don't win anything anyway. So we're all <laughs> looking for food. Where we smell when we smell food, we go straight to it. So that's the coyote clan. But before we move on, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for our paid sponsors. Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hopi Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at NurturingISquared and on Facebook at NISquared Team to find out more. Koen Vioma PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Viren Koen Vioma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Koen Vioma is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. And we're back. And we're back. And you know, one of the things that as far as clans go, one of the things that I always used to think about, because then as kids were taught as to how a lot of the clans came to Hopi. Yeah. In in the very beginning of the beginning of some of these villages out here, so like hundreds to thousands of years ago, we've heard these stories the migration stories of how these yeah. clans got to Oraivi or to Sangopavi or to Walpi. And I you know, I, one of the things that I think about a lot, because then for most Hopis living out here on the reservation, especially when you're talking about clans that really the beginning of this history starts all the way at the beginning from our emergence from the Grand Canyon because Hopis essentially that's where we believe that we come from yeah that from, we came from, from the, the first Grand world Canyon. yeah and so and it's a kind of an interesting thing because I believe that Hopi is one of the very few American Indian tribes indigenous tribes to North America that does subscribe to this idea of a mass human migration because in our oral history we believe that when we emerged into this world that we were instructed by the higher powers that we were all to migrate north south east and west until we got to this place called the the heart of the heart, or yeah. the center of the universe, or the promised land. Yeah, the, the heart for, for what most people understand is the promised land. Yeah, and that our ancestors were told that they're to make this migration 
and that they would be guided along the way. And so as our people were making this migration, that they encountered a lot of different things. And it's my belief, and see, this is kind of you know a difficult thing to talk about clans because there are so many different interpretations. Of variations it, of Different it, yeah. types of variations about these clan stories. But, you know, at least from the information that I've obtained and that the way that I think about it, that this is my personal interpretation, J-Man's interpretation, is that I believe that, you know, when our people were making this big migration throughout the world, that they encountered so many different things. And the things that they encountered, the knowledge that they obtained, that that's what developed our clans and what it is that they brought to Hopi. Because, and see, that's another thing too, is that when we think about this migration, that there wasn't really this concept of the Hopi tribe. There wasn't really this concept of the Navajo tribe or the Wallapai tribe, that every we were all one people at one point in time, that we were all to come to the same place. And so when the people got to this place at Tewanasavi and they established the main villages, Oraivi, Songopavi, Walpi, that the chiefs of these villages when clans came to enter the village, they would ask them all the same question. What benefit can you bring to the people? And so some clans brought great ceremonies with them. The Badger clan brought the Boomoy ceremony with them. Other clans brought other things. They showed the chief of how they could bring rain, basically, to the villages. And so all of these clans that came in and brought their ceremonies brought their knowledge to me Songyaunen in a way that our ceremonial cycle represents the knowledge of the world because that's where our ancestors were when they learned when they developed when they absorbed so to a degree the world's knowledge is in our villages at least the way that I, I think about it myself so like one 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 kind of example is that um, there is a village called Awat Ovi, and Awat Ovi was established back in like the um, when was it like the 900s, somewhere around mm-hmm. there, 900 mm-hmm. AD, and they fell into devastation because of what, um, like the what is it the the, the conquistadors, the, the, the Catholics, yeah, the Catholics had brought. And one thing was is that our clan, the Coyote clan, was part of that that village there and when the destruction of what was there you know we didn't have any place to go you know we we basically went to Ojaivi, which was a, a very um not established fully established but you know it was still flourishing so we went there first and they you know kind of rejected us in a way and then we said that screw you guys we're gonna have hookers and we're gonna we're gonna have hookers we're, we're gonna, gonna have strip clubs we're gonna have strip clubs in our village and you know for, so, for, forget this this hopi forget this <laughs> <laughs> and then so we we established siketki siketki was our village and then the destruction of siketki because we gave too much money to a hooker and you know pretty <laughs> Pretty much the whole thing, you know, mob, more, mob hit, you more, know, more like you shortchanged yeah, the we short, and she yeah, came yeah, back with all like her the, buddies. Like the mob hit. Collect. It was like a mob going on. There was like history with mobs and stuff. But, you know, there, that was part of that history there. And, you know, we be, we became part. So like my, our, my clan, Coyote clan, 
is part of like uh, Walpi and um, Palaka, and then yes, some of us migrated towards um, um, uh, what is it called? Kawestima, Kawestima. That's at uh, Navajo Mountain. Yeah. And so we went there and then we went, we kind of established ourselves there. We made this huge round circle because nobody wanted us, you know, you know, we, we had this great idea of like building casinos and, you know, all of this stuff. And your, then we, your, your uh, ancestors <laughs> probably had the, uh, the, the format for sweatpants. Back yeah. In those we know we, we were like the traveling salesmen back in the days. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Do you guys have uh, issues with your washer and dryer? Well, let me have, let me tell you a solution. You know? Are you tired of your legs getting cold in the wintertime? <laughs> so we kind of ended up in like different mesas. And of course, Munkapi is like one of the mesas that we did end up in. Mm-hmm. So if you smell a coyote, uh, rotting coyote, that's just my sisters. They haven't washed <laughs> their face or their hair in quite some time. <laughs> but you know, and I, I guess that, that that's kind of also what's, what's unique about our clanship too is the extent extensive history the 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 vast extensive history because that is something that we talked about once upon a time in one of our past podcasts is that you know us hopis out here that we're not just unknowing neighbors of each other oh yeah like you're not just the mr johnson and and i'm a mr williams and you know we came into we all have our own backstory it's that our clans have long histories of each other from hundreds of years ago and sometimes those histories aren't good histories oh yeah that that there are stories of uh, rivalries that there are stories of contention that there are stories of clans fighting over certain things fighting over lands or or fighting over other types of resources that kind of shape who we are as Hopi today and you know that's kind of been a big theme of our podcast is that you know as Hopis that we do like to point out ways to mock each other that we do like to say things about each other and so especially when it comes to clanship that it is something that exists in this day and age that you know you hear people will say oh you know we're we're the real coyote clan yeah and and those people there in that village they're they're not legit they're yeah there's something wrong with them that's why they're this way or you have other types of stories behind historically why other types of clans are feuding with one another and it comes out it comes out in this day and age and so you know it's kind of an interesting concept to when you think about our clanship and what all of that represents because then you know like we've mentioned before that all of our clans served a purpose in the village because before there were these opportunities for us to get college degrees and to become writers in newspapers or to work in nonprofit work or to serve in the healthcare fields that our clans had distinctive duties and my clan for example from what i learned and from what i was told that in the village of oraivi bikesgam were in charge to ensure that all households had food and water available and so somehow that responsibility fell on my clan and then your clan for example i believe are the protectors of Hopi villages that Iisngam are in charge and serve in a warrior role 
to to a degree. And so thank God, Carl, that we're not living in a society where <laughs> warfare is still a factor because I hate to see my buddy go off to war and I'm, not come back home. So I, I'm I'm just fat and <laughs> Easy, easy target. So <laughs> I'll be like, "Oh, just go without me, guys. Just go without me. It's gonna be five minutes." <laughs> and then you know, all these other clans serve some type of different function. Yeah, within the village, even into this day and age too, like with ceremony, that certain clans are in charge of certain things. So if for whatever reason you needed sand in a ceremony, you would send uh, somebody either from the snake clan. Sand clan or lizard clan. And then that's true with all these other types of things because we all have our own domain, I guess, or charge of a certain domain to where a certain member from a clan is charged to help out in a certain way. Oh, yeah, that that is very, very true. And, you know, like with the clans and stuff like that, I don't know how many clans there are. I mean, there's there's a vast amount of clans. You know, you have a lot of animal clans ranging from bird clans to four-legged clans. And then you have uh, plant-like clans from uh, like the tobacco clan to like the reed clan. And then you have like these uh, like oddity clans like the like the pumpkin clan that, that is like kind of a sub clan of, of different um, other clans. Is there like a mustard clan too? in like first Mesa uh, mustard seed clan. Mustard I, seed yeah, clan? I think so. I think there is. And you know, you have like, uh, um, what else is there? Like the, the oddity, like the, I wouldn't say oddity, but I would say like, it's not very, there's not a lot of them. One like of the them. smaller population. Yeah. Like clans. the deer clan. There's some that are deer yeah, clan. Deer clan in first Mason. Yeah. Then there's like the crane clan. Crane clan. And we can't forget our eagle clan and the eagle, relatives. Yeah. My eagle, my gas out fathers there. Yeah. Out there. So like, you know, there's a lot of them. Like the, there was one that's uh, called um, Joshnyam. Like, uh-huh. you know, that little bird, the little b- blue bird clan. You know, there's not a lot of them. There, mm-hmm. There's maybe like uh, three living in... Hotvela right now and I think there's like one living in Songopavi mm-hmm. and then that's about it. And I guess you know that's kind of a good point to bring up too because like that the way that a clan grows the most important resource to have is women. Oh yeah. Because the more women you have the more assurances that your clan will be able to continue into the future because then for some reason clans go extinct. And yes. like you said before that there are some clans out there that are in danger of becoming extinct. And that's another thing too, as far as clanship goes that I used to think about and how juxtaposed that is to Western society because Western society is, is very much a patrilineal society. Oh yeah. To where oh, yeah. you yeah. carry your father's last name and in order for a family to grow, it's the opposite to where you need males. Males help the family grow because then you would carry the, whatever the uh, father's last name is. Yeah. And so my wife and I were in this big Yellowstone kick right now. And so like uh, the Dentons, the Dentons would need <laughs> more males to keep that clan, the lineage to alive. keep the lineage yeah. going. But in Hopi, it's quite the opposite with us being a matrilineal society that women hold that power and carrying the clan. And you know, one of the things that I don't think that we've ever really talked about a whole lot is this concept of having a Hopi name. Because then, you know, having a Hopi name, how you get a Hopi name also deals with this idea of clans because all of us are named after a clan. Yeah. But we're not named after our own clan. As children, we're named after our father's clan. And then as we get older... And start joining the adult societies 
We constantly get new names and we're named after our godparents' clan. Yeah. And so I always used to think that because when you meet somebody for the first time, it's custom that you introduce yourself and part of the introduction is you share what clan you are. Yeah. But because we don't share what our father's clan is, we always only say what our own clan is. You always hear, you know, no big, yes, when I'm of corn clan, but you never say my father's clan is this. Yeah. But I've always felt that the way that you introduce what your father's clan is is when you tell them what your own Hopi name is. Because then, like, for me, my baby name was uh, Sitapka, or Sita for short. Yeah. And then so when somebody hears that Sitapka, they know that Sita is something that's related to the snake clan. Yeah. And so when they hear that, then it's already developing in their head that's related to the snake clan. More than likely, his father belongs to the snake clan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is very, very true. You know, because, yeah, we are a very strong matrilineal society that we just kind of forget our fathers. And then later on, we try to find our fathers to, <laughs> when they're done with <laughs> when, when, they're, <laughs> when they when it's tax season. Then we try to find our fathers and say, hey, you know, where's my money at? <laughs> but, it, but, you know, again, it, it is like it's weird in a dating world, too, because you, you don't you don't know who you're like you're relative is and you know you just kind of know who your sub relatives are so, so, side note I, I wanted to do this as a topic but the res famous so I thought it would be too uh too disrespectful but you know I wanted to have a a, a podcast episode where it was uh, all our fathers were alcoholics <laughs> <laughs> pretty much that's, that's probably true there was a there was a joke um I'll tell the joke here it was like uh it was over here at the Gigotsumovi uh, village store and then this one girl, she was working and her kid came in. And so she, he was uh, finding her, his mom and he's like his, um, so he goes up to her mom and he's like, uh, mom, can you please tell me who my real dog, my real dad is? Because I'm hungry right now. So he can give me money. So everybody laughed and everyone was like, oh my God, you know, cause we don't know our fathers pretty much. So that was like the joke. I know I'm supposed to be nice to you because it's a Carl <laughs> appreciation, but you, like like I was calling you Kwa in the last episode, you actually told this joke before in one of the previous episodes. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, easily forgot. <laughs> but I guess, you know, talking about uh, w w with the little bit of time that we have left, kind of talking about the contemporary times, because, you know, growing up now, being 80s babies, living a lot of our childhood in the 90s yeah. and then transgressing as adults into the 2000s is that do our clans hold as much weight as they did before and i would say that they probably don't yeah yeah they because yeah. you know i'm not going knocking on every single village member's door and making sure hey do you guys got enough eggs you guys got enough milk to 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 last the winter and so you know at some point in time and unfortunately, you know, that is the theme of uh, a lot of uh, the, the transgressions of, of how our culture has gone is that colonization, that assimilation. A lot of that has changed how we carry ourselves because now we don't fulfill what our clan's duties are in our village to the degree, to the degree that they used to a long time ago. And, and so when you think about all of the different villages, and it probably differs because, you know, in some villages... It's probably bare minimum, if that. But then in maybe some of the other villages to where people are still upholding 
what their clanship duties were to some degree. Would you say? I would say. I would say that, yeah, there are some clans that still do the ceremonial-wise, and there are still clans that still do kind of honor their their given right to do certain things. And, like, you know, because us coyote clans, you know, we're all fat, and we're, we like to make babies pretty much. Like, all my sisters out there like to make babies for some reason, and they don't contribute to the, the whole society. They're just, you know, making a ruckus and everything like that. But, yeah, there you know, all of the there, – there are certain clans that still – kind of hold true to what they were in the past my sisters are similar in that they're better <laughs> on their backs that's why there's so much because that's why the people they, like me were skinny because you know none, none of them know how to cook so <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it is, it is very time. It's, it's a little, it's almost time for us to go. So, and, and I, I guess, you know, just to kind of end the conversation, you know, there, there were some other things too that we had talked about prior to recording and kind of some of the things that I kind of wanted to bring up and, you know, it's not really me kind of criticizing or bashing, but it is a concept that I thought of because it's not something that existed out in my village growing up is that, you know, this idea of, uh, for some reason out for some reason that when certain people introduce themselves they introduce themselves as two clans and you know this was kind of it kind of aligns with this concept of us having clans that are related but they're not really the same clan oh yeah so how come some people are kachina and parrot clan mm. how come some people are i'm trying to think of what other clan do people Introduce themselves as, as being two clans. Oh, the the rabbit and tobacco. Rabbit clan. and tobacco rabbit and clan. Tobacco That's clan. another one. Yeah. And and so, you know, I always used to kind of wonder, so so which are you? Are you parrot or are you Kachina clan? <laughs> you know, and then how come how come it's like that? I always wondered. You know, the the Kachina clan, um, they kind of you know, I guess they guess I messed up their duties in a way, so uh-huh. they, they became Crow Clan. Oh really? Yeah. So a lot of them at at Hodvela uh, are Crow Clan. Oh really? Yeah. That's interesting. It is very interesting. Because that was kind of something that I always wondered too. And then I always wondered too, like about, because we've, we've talked about this concept before and you kind of mentioned it a little, and we talked a whole lot about it too, in some of our uh, romance episodes about this idea of navigating clans. And that was always kind of the big benefit of the clan racists growing up as kids is that you knew exactly who was who and who you needed to stay away from. But then, you know, like when you're, intermingling with other tribes that also have clanship system that sometimes some of them have clans that sound like ours oh yeah like there are pueblo clans that have bear clan or they have like a squash clan or like a turquoise clan and then you know from what i've understood is that even though they're not the same tribe as us that we would still consider them relatives and so if you're in that situation to where you met a girl from a different tribe, but they were the same clan as you, would you still pursue it? Or would Pro- you probably would you ask uh, first? Probably not. I would say <laughs> there's probably like a, a deep lineage to there. And like, <laughs> so oh, I met this Navajo girl and she's uh, bitter water coyote clan. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, I mean, like the clan ships are, are very, very 
uh, they have their own stories. You know, they have their own clan migration stories. And if you don't know your clan migration stories, talk to your soul, talk to your yeah, guys, yeah. you know, because everyone is a little different. But all the same is that we all come to the Hopi um, tribe here and we became uh, as one. If I could share the story real quick before we go, is that I was out and about one time in the world at a conference and I met this Navajo lady this older Navajo lady and she, we started to talk and, you know, of course, you know, all the Nav- all the old Navajo people you meet, they think you're Navajo at first when they first meet you and yeah, they're like, oh yeah. no, no, I'm Hopi. And she was like, oh, okay. And then she started to tell me this story about her and her husband. She said that my husband has this clan and it sounded similar to like a bluebird clan or something. And she said that my clan is this other clan but it also sounded like a bluebird clan too as well. And she was saying that a lot of people, they criticize us because they think that we're related because both yeah, our clans yeah. have this bluebird component to it. But then I always tell people, no, we're not related. We're different clans. And she told me the story of how her clan came into existence is that there was a Navajo clan, a family that was kind of living somewhat close to some of the our villages. Mm-hmm. And that during drought that you know you hear all these stories about during the great drought that a lot of Hopi families would leave the village and that they would either try to go to the Pueblos or go someplace to where that they could live and escape the drought and she said that this Hopi family came and that's what they were evading they were evading drought and this Hopi family that came they were bluebird clan and she said that they came to the Navajo family and the Navajo family took them in and let them stay with them for a while until they could build up their strength and go. And when the Hopi family left, they left their baby with the Navajo family and said that we want to have you raise our child as payment for taking care of us. Yeah. And so when this Hopi family left, they raised this child as a bluebird, but also in addition to whatever this Navajo clan was. So in a way, the clan integration, merged. yeah, the clans merged from a Hopi clan and a Navajo clan, and then this branch of bluebird within the Navajo clan was developed. And so this woman was telling me this heritage of how that clan was created from the merging in, of two different tribes. And yeah. so that was like a real, real interesting story. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. All right. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's at that time and, you know, I want to get out of here cause I'm hungry. I got to take a piss. And <laughs> so I'm hungry. I want to go to lunch. And so, you know, it, it's, it's something that these clanships still revolve around and we do have strong ties to our clanships. And so, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, go ahead and shout out your clan. Be proud of who you are. Be and proud of where you come from. And to all the young B-Kissingham out there, be proud of our clan. Because even though we're not menacing like a badger or a coyote, <laughs> but, you know, we do serve a very important purpose in this world. All right. Well, thank you again. And if you guys want to donate something, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast, 85 to donate, uh, become our monthly sponsor. Or if you want to do our sponsored podcast, just go email us at CJ podcast, 85 at gmail.com. And if you are not following us on our social media accounts, you can find us at Carl and J man all across the boards. And if I could send out a plea, please, 
please visit our Instagram page where a few followers from hitting up into the next tier of a hundred level of, of whatever. And so, you know, just trying to grow our fan base through our social medias. If you're listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please give us that five-star review that really helps us out. And don't forget to listen to us on Spotify afterwards if you're listening to this on either Apple or YouTube. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, James. So long. Good question.